in a world where most people watch movies and then forget about them. These brave heroes join forces to watch them again and then talk about them. Join them in their epic journey as they go back in time, a decade and beyond, to revisit and break down films from a vast array of genres. Do these movies hold up over time? Are they classics? Find out on Retro Movie Roundtable. Starring your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, Destin Melbarnes, Nathan Lutz, and Russell Guest. Coming now to Headphones in Your Ears. Welcome all you lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable, the podcast where we watch movies, then talk about them. I'm your host, Chad Robinson, and joining me today for a very special bonus episode is my good friend and co-host, Dustin Melbardis. How are you, Dustin? Bonus! I'm very good. Excited for this episode. This is going to be a good one, y'all. Yeah, bonus content. We're celebrating some holidays today. Going to be talking about some themes here. And there might be a creature or two popping up in our movies. So, Dustin, quick warm-up question. What is your favorite movie featuring a magical creature? I had two to choose from. And the first thing that popped into my head was Labyrinth with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. Mm. But what I realized is that, really, it's Jim Henson's magic putting these creatures on screen. Not many of them are magical themselves. Jareth the Goblin King has some magic. But I realized that my second choice and my official choice for this question is Pan's Labyrinth from 2006, Guillermo del Toro. I, I think the scene everyone remembers from that movie is the pale man who puts the eyes into his palms and holds them up to his forehead to see that is uh, that will stay with me forever uh, kudos to doug jones who played that guy he played the uh the lead in the shape of water like everything about that was so magical to me and just sticks with me even gosh 15 years later i love everything about that pick the pale man is that's fantastic and you're right that is the imagery that sticks with me we did pan's labyrinth check it out Great episode, great host, but uh, yeah, fantastic movie. Won a lot of awards at our year end. For me, I think it's got to be, and Dustin, you represented me in the 2011 Best of podcast because I couldn't make it, Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) Yeah. Specifically, they never got to see a mermaid and the mermaid showing up at the very end, spoilers, I guess, that... That makes me the happiest of all. So the mermaid in Cabin in the Woods is my favorite magical creature. A magical movie uh, and yeah. and genre shifting. It, it hits all the right notes. Yes. And enough of a budget to really make what they show you in that movie seem really good. Oh my goodness. The elevator, as soon as the elevator dings open and all the magical creatures fly out, that is that is pure cinema. That is what I want. Inject that straight into my veins. Yes. yes, please. We'll go to our standard question then. Dustin, have you watched any new movies since like three days ago when we last recorded our podcast? Yeah, here's a here's a little uh, happening for me. Uh, one of my staffers on site. He uh, we talk about movies in the ten or fifteen minutes we have in overlap before I head home for the evening, uh, and uh, he he said. Man, I really liked that Dune movie. Of course, I couldn't pass up an opportunity to tell oh, us about our, uh, the, the 1984 84, uh, our episode of the Lynch Dune. 
And so he's like, yeah, I went and bought it, but all I wanted is the digital copy. So uh, I'm holding up the physical copy right now. Uh, he just gave it to me. He's like, yeah, I, all I want is the digital. You haven't seen it yet? Go watch. So I did uh, watch it. I'm going to reserve any, um, any conversation about it until, uh, until I run into old Mr. Fry. I was going to say, don't break Brian Fry's heart. And it's now the physically the only movie I own uh, <laughs> because I own no movies. Uh, but I've got one now. Poor lucky number 11. It's gone. <laughs> Who knows where it is? So we've warmed up. Dustin, can you tell us what movie we are going to be covering today? Well, from 1993, Leprechaun. Oh, very good. Feeling lucky. It's right. Released in 1993. It was actually filmed like two years prior. Took a while to get released. It has a whopping $1 million budget. It grossed $8.5 million. A really good return. That's a good enough for 126th in the box office. Placed ahead of two, uh, Lost in Yonkers, never heard of it, Mm-mm. and behind Strictly Ballroom, also never heard of it. But you know what I have heard, and there's an excellent podcast of? Jurassic Park. That was the number one movie in 1993. IMDb gives Leprechaun a whopping 4.8. Gets better, better news, Rotten Tomatoes, 27% with the critics, with a slightly better 32% audience score. It wins nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, we've we've had, we come off the Valentine's Day episode with a lot of raspberries, so I, I, I guess winning nothing can sometimes be better. So Dustin, had you seen 1993's Leprechaun? I really like that attitude of perhaps winning nothing is better. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's what we go for in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps uh, the gray obscurity is the best possible option. Well, I will say I watched this in the 90s as a child. Uh, It was on as like at like Uncle Dave's house or something. And, uh, you know, intriguing enough to like sit down and catch a little bit of it. And then I had seen uh, little bits of, we know this is very popular, I thought it spawned its sequels. So I've seen little bits of uh, In the Hood, I've seen little bits of In Space. I've rewatched the scene in the casino one. Uh, I, like, there's, there's different little spots, right? But as far <laughs> as uh, like, like sitting down and watching the whole movie like critically, this is the first time in 20 years. So uh, I was excited to get back to it. This is... I actually, I watched it twice in the last 48 hours, and uh, no matter what, like, its scores are or its grades are, uh, I felt like this I could watch all the time. Like, it's just, it is it is extremely fun, and it's not, I'm not using fun as, like, oh, this saves the movie from being bad, based on our scores and stuff, but, um, you know, I expected it to be corny, and uh, it's not, like, incredibly corny it's just like this is kind of exactly what you expect from this and uh enjoyable yeah yeah i mean the movie is about a killer leprechaun so set your expectations accordingly for me i've seen leprechaun and like you i i went back probably two years ago and revisited it it'd been a while since i'd seen this series 
And I said, oh, my goodness, there are eight movies in this franchise. <laughs> so I, I set out to watch every Leprechaun movie and it, with mixed results. But we're here to talk about 1993's Leprechaun. So I, I'm like you. This this isn't a cinematic masterpiece, but I enjoy it. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. Warwick Davis is a huge part of my childhood with Willow, mm -hmm. and he's, of course, Wicket from Return of the Jedi. So I love Warwick Davis in all forms. I was happy to get this movie in. I was happy for your availability to squeeze this in as a bonus episode. Well, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Leprechaun, the character, likes to have fun. I think this was kind of in an era where we had some fun-loving little monsters, right? Like, leprechaun. Oh, yeah, like like gremlins like to have fun, ghoulies like to have fun, critters. Critters <laughs> like to have fun, and uh, uh, learning a little bit about like you know how how the idea for the movie changed from horror to like horror comedy. And then War Warwick Davis's input into the character, it's almost as if whatever path was taken, as winding as it was to get to our final product, it almost couldn't have been any like planned any better because what we ended up with was exactly what we need out of Leprechaun. So, with that being said, we are going to break down the plot of Leprechaun. If you're worried about spoilers of the movie Leprechaun, go watch it. If not, we will be back after a short ad break. What happens when two modern film fans go back and rewatch all the old classic films from yesteryear to see if they hold up? You get the Classic Film Jerks podcast. Find the Classic Film Jerks podcast on all the major platforms. Welcome to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And every week we review a movie from the past and reflect on things we missed, things we loved, and things we want to see again. Yeah, because we believe any movie worth watching is worth watching again. So if you like films, friendship, and a lot of callbacks, I mean, just so many callbacks, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever RSS feeds go for like-minded, movie-loving individuals like you and we're back so final warning if you want to check out 1993's leprechaun put us on pause go check it out it's not a long movie if not i'm gonna go spoil it for you an irishman by the name of dan o'grady returns to north dakota to his home after stealing a pot of gold from a leprechaun he interrogated that's a sentence uh, anyways, he discovers the leprechaun isn't cool with the theft, and his wife gets murdered. Dan traps the leprechaun in a crate with a four-leaf clover. Logic checks out. <laughs> but he has a stroke before he can burn the creature. Ten years later, a father and teenage daughter rent the same house. Contract workers Nathan Murphy, his ten-year-old brother Alex, and slow friend Ozzy help fix up the place. Ozzy brushes the clover off the crate and frees the leprechaun. After a brief encounter, Ozzy chases after a rainbow to find a pot of gold, and Alex follows. They find a bag of a hundred coins, and in order to test their authenticity, Ozzy bites one and then accidentally swallows it. Meanwhile, the father is bitten by a leprechaun and sent to the hospital. Ozzy and Alex pawn some of the gold, and the leprechaun kills the shop owner with a pogo stick, which is awesome. Contractor Nathan is injured by a bear trap, and the leprechaun torments the group. 
Daughter Tori gives the leprechaun back his gold and declares the whole situation over, but doesn't realize the last piece is in Ozzy's belly. She visits the nursing home that houses Dan O'Grady, but is once again attacked by the creature. Dan's body is thrown down an elevator shaft, but before dying, tells Tori that a four-leaf clover is the only thing that can defeat the leprechaun. She returns to the farmhouse to search for a clover, and Ozzy is critically wounded. Alex fires the found four-leaf clover into the leprechaun's mouth with a slingshot before Nathan pours gasoline in a well and lights it on fire. Is this the last we'll hear from the leprechaun? Or is this plot summary good enough to spawn seven sequels? Only time will tell. That's good. (laughs) There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough time in this movie to tell the whole story of Leprechaun. Yeah, and I I apologize to our podcast listeners. If we get some noise in the background, we are getting new floors. So you may hear an intermittent thud. It is not a leprechaun attempting to escape a crate. It it is two nice gentlemen hammering on my floor. (laughs) So Dustin, what do you think of doing a movie with usually a at this time a happy-go-lucky creature like a leprechaun what do you think about that well i I put some thought into the basis for the movie which is a strictly titled just very simple leprechaun and it made me think like are leprechauns evil um uh, what i learned was that like you know leprechauns are seemingly fun-loving tricksters and pranksters i think we absolutely get that from this portrayal what do we know about leprechauns we know related that at the end of the rainbow is where there's a crock of gold and that probably belongs to a leprechaun but in our first two minutes of this movie we see uh warwick davis's leprechaun who i'm actually going to call lep for the rest of this episode, uh, because he refers to himself as a, you know, just shortens leprechaun. I suppose he doesn't have a name. He is 600 years old. He would have picked one up along the way. But um, let the first rhyme he gives is something about like, if you if you steal my gold, you won't live through the night. It's almost as if he's expecting people to be after it. Um, and it reminded me of like the lore of dragons. That they're covetous and uh, they they want to hoard, they want to keep their stuff. But it in the Lord, tell me if you've heard the same thing. Doesn't it seem like if you're clever enough to catch a leprechaun or somehow find the gold that seemingly they would try to make a trade with you or or do some way to get their gold back, as opposed to immediately turning violent? Right. Yeah. This is a bit of a twist because. Dan O'Grady did what you're supposed to do with leprechauns if they actually existed, you know, is to catch them and basically say, I will trade your life for gold with the implicit threat. I guess that you're going to murder the leprechaun. Otherwise, I don't know how that works. But yes, you catch a leprechaun. That's what we tell our kids. They will give you gold. Yeah. And 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 Dan. So Dan O'Grady does catch one. They they imply that there was a deal being made. He even implies that like he follows the rules. This gold is mine. You're fine. But I think what what we have here is like this is not your traditional leprechaun. This guy <laughs> is it was still a prankster and a trickster, 
but um, I guess a poor sport we can start with, and also uh, more violent than you would expect from our other leprechauns. Now, from, from other lore sources, I found that, like, oh, you know, maybe the worst thing they would ever do is, like, they'd steal your children away. But, <laughs> the worst. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty bad. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I said that as if, like, oh, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, the way I'm thinking about it is, like, uh, this, they, Dan O'Grady picked the wrong leprechaun to catch. It would have resulted in riches for anyone else, but he just picked the wrong one. And it's just unfortunate for our main cast in this movie to be associated with the sins of Dan because there's no family tie. It's merely, you're in my presence. I feel slighted. I want my gold back. I'm going to bite your ear off. And, and Dustin, you, you mentioned dragons, but what I thought of, and you're a D&D player, so you may not associate them with happy Disney things either, but fairies. Right. Fairies and fays. They are something, if you talk to someone of Irish descent, they are like, these creatures are to be feared. They will mess you up. And we're in the West, the world of Disney, where fairies are magical and they're nice and they sprinkle pixie dust. No, they will murder you in cold blood. So I like this twist. I want evil fairies movies. I want traditional folklore of fairies murdering small children you know that's what we want yeah listeners you know that that's what we want specifically chad and i <laughs> yes yes when you get a dustin and chad podcast we want children to be injured i guess <laughs> hide your kids this <laughs> um yeah, this, yeah, is so this is this is a like a, a a fun villain to encounter um I, I would say understanding his uh his goal is very clearly given to you he wants his gold back and poor Ozzy, making the mistake of swallowing one piece. We see, and later on, it's already in the plot summary, but we see that Tori gives the leprechaun the gold back, and it's seemingly like, all right, I think we're good. Right. Ozzy, who is uh, a fan favorite Ozzy, <laughs> he, he, uh, he seems to pick up on the idea that this leprechaun is bad. Maybe he's scared of the thing, which I suppose you would be, right? Even if it were Lucky the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, seeing something like that for real would still freak you out. Like I'm try you have to like buy in to the the narrative. I'm like, it would still freak you out, but he very clearly says, I want to shine your shoes and I want right. my gold. Okay, cool. I don't in I don't feel like you intend on murdering me. But immediately we get like the idea like, oh, no, this is a bad leper. Yeah, Ozzy was pretty chill. I mean, there is the slow realization that there's a bit of menace behind the leprechaun. But yeah, when he pops out of that box, he was faking being, was it a cat, I think, that Ozzy goes down to investigate or a child's. Oh, I yeah. think it was a child. But yeah, Ozzy's just like, huh, it's perfectly normal for a small man to jump out of a box yeah. this is this is a tuesday for me so yeah and you mentioned lucky charms i 
I enjoy that. This was inspired. This should tell you everything you need to know about this movie. This was inspired by Lucky Charms commercials. And it was also influenced heavily by one of my favorites, Critters. So now we have our writer and director, Mark Jones. He's watching Lucky Charms commercials. And it's like, what if that guy, instead of he giving cereal to children, murdered them? <laughs> and it starts off as this just horrible creature. And it works its way into comedy realm. You know, he, he does hurt a lot of people. Yeah. But um, if we were going to look at in entirety, Leah, Dan O'Grady's wife, falls down the stairs out of fear. She's not pushed. The line that Leprechaun says is, I want me gold. <laughs> I think that's all he says. She falls down the stairs. I do like the idea of let's look at like what the leprechaun's powers are and like and and like along with who he kills. So, so Leah Leah goes down. Officer Trippet is mm -hmm. killed. Who I guess Dan eventually he gets him back way later. But none yes. of our main cast actually die. No, no. We have small children, and there's an aversion to doing <laughs> that. Right. So Nathan was probably our prime candidate, but he's the hunky love interest who actually gets to live. So Joe is our only other victim. There's a four-person body count. Joe is the pawn shop owner. That's right. Yeah, Joe's coins. Um, yeah. In rural South Dakota, or sorry, in rural North Dakota, uh, where you might have one gas station, one grocery store, one diner, you also got to have your coin collector shop. And right. uh, we, we all know this, so it doesn't, you know, that, that, that that's not going to separate you from reality. Yeah, but he, he is killed in a fantastic way. Let's not confuse North Dakota for New Mexico, which Jennifer <laughs> Aniston says. Yes. Like, yes, those two states are very similar in both climate <laughs> and environment. Uh, beautiful opening shot, by the way, of those rolling hills. Um, right. <clears throat> Tree-covered hills uh i i didn't know where where they were gonna end up being but um so the the leprechaun has these powers it can seemingly teleport chime in when you yep. think i'm getting something wrong it can seemingly teleport mm -hmm. um, we see it close a door from distance meaning he's got yes. some type of psychokinesis but he can't lock it but he can't because they it. just immediately open it. It's like, well, that was minorly inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, then he also goes on to explain that, like, oh, me powers are weak. Right. Otherwise, either he would have used psychokinesis to keep the door shut or he would have locked it. Either way, minor inconvenience power. He seemingly... Now, we know that he's a cobbler by trade. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love that about him. Well, and that's a, that's like a leprechaun lore thing is that they they shoemakers like that. That's one of the things they like to do. But like also the, the thing about needing to keep shoes clean, that compulsion, I feel like they're pulling a little bit from Eastern European vampire numer numeric like compulsion to count. Um, it's why Count Von Count from yes. Sesame Street. I think you knew that. I think we were. I love that you are bringing this up. Please continue. Yeah. So, so this this compulsion to like clean shoes uh, does allow them to like make a break at one point. But like, we so so psychokinesis and and he really like maybe tinkering a little bit 
with that go-kart with the pitchfork that he makes. Maybe that's something that he can do, but he's also just, he really likes to play. I think that about covers it. Can you think of anything else that, as far as like a, oh, uh, his limbs operate without being attached to his body. Yes. That's yes, something hand crawl. Yeah. And seemingly operate on their own. Uh, is there anything else that this guy can do? I don't think it seems like his powers in this iteration are dependent on gold. Now it changes in different iterations, whether he has something else uh, associated with him, whether it's a pendant or like leprechaun in the hood, it, it requires a pendant. So he does have mind control powers and he does have some form of ventriloquism. Yeah, he go. yeah. He mimics the cop's voice. He mimics Mrs. O'Grady's voice. And he's doing like a puppeteer routine with Mrs. O'Grady, which is a great scene. But we we see a weaker, limited leprechaun here. So we don't get to see that full spectrum. He says, I need my goal back to have my powers. Mm -hmm. uh, what I really wanted when he had 99 gold, I wanted to see... You know, the Megazord of <laughs> Leprechaun, and we just don't get to see that. But, you know. Budget. I like that idea. Um, I forgot about the mimicry. Perfect mimicry. And he, this movie uses it so well when it's needed. Uh, it's, it's, it's more like psychological torture to Dan when he's puppeting Leah, his dead wife. Yes. But he also uses it as, like, a little girl's voice for the nursery rhymes. He can sound like a cat. He also does it to keep the cops away by mimicking uh, Deputy Trippett in responding back to the sheriff. Like, hey, I'll be there in less than three minutes. I got it covered. And I think there might be one other one in the movie where he, he like perfectly mimics someone's voice. And I, I thought to myself, all right, this is 93. The last very scary villain to also have perfect mimicry was the T-1000 two years earlier mm. for Terminator 2 Judgment Day, whereas he answers the phone um, and mimics the, I think, stepmom character or, or something like that. But um, I thought, like, this is really, like, it, the fact that it comes up over and over and it, and it works the way he needs it to is really good. I think he also does it on the other side of the phone line with Tori for something else. I just don't remember. But like he's he he, he uses every trick in his book. And that I think is what makes Leprechaun fun is uh, he's got a lot of tricks in the book and he will use them. He will play with them. He's going to teleport all the way to you in your Jeep, but not into the back seat. He's going to teleport to you while he's on roller skates and he's going to yes. start sketching on your bumper. That's what makes Leprechaun fun. And we get the Leprechaun-sized hole in the fence, you know, Wily Coyote, straight mm -hmm. out of Looney Tunes. Yeah. And that's great. And you mentioned tricks. I think that's part of what makes this movie so fun for me because he just has so many tricks. He's chasing people in a high-speed tricycle. He's got a <laughs> magical... Uh, it's like a tank. The thing just punts a car. It's this miniature... <laughs> tank i is what i'm gonna call it he's singing nursery rhymes as he's jumping on a pogo stick about to impale people he's got another tiny little car he kills a cop in the woods during a game of hide and seek mm -hmm. this entire 
movie is focused around now i i think a lot of peter dinklage he he talks about how he doesn't want to do it a role as a little person or a dwarf like that be the role he wants it to be just i want to play a character and then have that character's trait you know they they happen to be short so right. they're they're playing with this but i don't think they're punching down on warwick davis i don't think this would be a film that's it's not making short jokes it's mm-hmm. just using the height of the leprechaun for things that he would use so i yeah i think it was a lot of fun for me to see all the bag of tricks that he could come out with. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be fun-loving, and I think that becomes the primary characteristic of him is uh, playing with his food in a way, even though he yes. doesn't end up you know, killing them all. Like, like he, he enjoys this, and um, he plays a, a member of a race of we folk, and... It, it's not it's not as if that is a hindrance to what he's trying to do i don't believe right. he's no. still incredibly fast um <laughs> especially with those uh this is this is the first knock i'll make against the costume design unfortunately i don't think you needed to give him those particular shoes i think i, I think warwick davis uh kudos to him for doing all of like uh, many of his own stunts in the movie but those shoes with like maybe like a three inch heel on them really made it seem as if uh, it was a struggle for him to like walk in them. Uh, whereas I feel like he could have been a slightly more agile without those shoes. It, his height also allows us to get some cool low to the ground POV shots of from the leprechaun's point of view. Like what is he about to hunt down? They did have to change some shots. So we haven't talked about it a lot, but this is Jennifer Aniston's film debut but they had to change some of the shots so she is running in like Baywatch slow motion in real life (laughs) because Warwick Davis in these shoes was having problems keeping up so in order for him to look like he was chasing her down in a fashion that made sense that was terrifying they had to slow Jennifer Aniston down yeah you're you're right and you know Jennifer Aniston Warwick Davis kind of went after Jennifer Aniston for a while saying, admit this movie exists. Admit this movie exists. Are you embarrassed about it? Because mm-hmm. she hit Friends. She hit the Friends lottery and her career just blew up. And subsequently, this movie got attention. The cover was changed. It used to just feature Warwick Davis's face with the leprechaun. And then they added Jennifer Aniston in green once she blew up. Mm. And and she's come back to it and she said, yes, this was this was my first film. What, I'm not embarrassed of the film. I'm embarrassed of my acting. She's embarrassed of how her career started as far as her mm-hmm. acting performance. And I think that's justified. Watching about halfway through, like she is, she looks great, but this is not a great acting performance. Granted, a lot of her lines are like, that thing is a leprechaun and there's got to be a way to kill it. That's a tough line to say with any form of conviction. Okay. So I actually, I'm glad I had a backup best quote because the, the delivery of that line, when that's the line you have to work with, that was my candidate for best quote of the movie (laughs) because it like very much exemplified, like 
they made that it's i can't say they polished a turd but they took something that was like could have just been blah and made it at least relevant enough to be fun to revisit and so ozzy you can't go out there that thing is a leprechaun and we've got to find a way to stop it was definitely like one of my favorite things that she said so i understand i don't think she was given a, a big amount of um or a great amount of dynamic lines no that's that's too bad i still felt like uh, and hey neither was nathan i mean i don't know oh man nathan essentially was just like i i'm i'm an exposition machine gun i'm going to say exactly what's on the screen if you fell asleep for five minutes i'm going to catch you up real quick <laughs> like uh well, he, he's, he's gonna bounce point. off the most like asinine lines because they're trying to make jennifer aniston this fish out of water character yeah she's the big city girl who's found herself in north dakota so she's spitting out lines like nathan doesn't say anything offensive but she gives him a big hey it's the 90s pal and women are women and like she has a lot of other things that are just out of nowhere well i don't eat meat and i don't kill thing living things i feel very strongly about that and the dude's just trying to chill and get her dinner like they might serve salad or pie i don't know take a chill pill yeah well and and she's wearing those sweet la gear kicks that oh, yes. um but he says oh that must be he's talking about dead cow look at your shoes Full leather yeah but there's no thing there's no way those things are made any out of anything else but like old recycled erasers uh <laughs> <laughs> whatever those are made of yeah she is sort of like this fish out of water uh, uh she very quickly wants to leave the house. This isn't my way of living. I'm going to go get a hotel. I'm not afraid of the basement. I'm not afraid of spiders. And then this handsome guy is here. Who is a handsome guy? I haven't seen him in anything else. Um, actually. No, I, I looked it up. I, was, I had the same thought of like, this is a handsome guy in an unfortunate movie. Have you done anything else? And it's it's not great. Yeah. Um, so Ken, Alan, and, and like, uh, let me take this moment just to say like, the this movie is in the daytime like really pretty and in the nighttime like well shot I, I love the colors in this movie i mean he's wearing i think like purple shirt with some um uh, very light they're not quite acid wash jeans but like and then like a vest kind of hanging over uh alex is wearing that yellow and red striped shirt ozzy's wearing the overalls with the very uh, these are terrible painter's clothes right but like like the over the the overalls with the kind of the bun pattern shirt underneath which is also like stained blue painted blue from earlier i love the color on these guys but like he he his role uh, i i really like how there is a connection between tori and nathan but it's just a spark and that's it there's not a uh, hard push towards some type of romance i believe his presence is the only reason that tori even decides to stay would you agree oh, I absolutely yeah she's batting her eyes at him constantly and making excuses to be alone with him but you're right there is no resolution they don't hug it out in the end and have a big romantic kiss it's hey my dad's out of the hospital now he got bitten by something that he still believes is a cat yeah. which by the way it, i grew up in west virginia mm -hmm. if there is something in a hole under no circumstance do you stick your hand down that hole. You don't know what's in there, 
and in this case, it was a bitey leprechaun. <laughs> Thank you for that. I would I would have taken time to mention the exact same thing. This guy. This has been our rural PSA. Seriously, kids, uh, adults, Aussies, don't put your hand into a hole you can't see. No matter <laughs> whether it's a bitey leprechaun or not, something it, it lives in there. Regardless of how small or big, is going to bite you or sting you or scratch you. It's gonna happen. So the, the, yeah, it, I guess he. We know that they're from LA, and we know that they bought the house. They bought it for a steal. But um, I guess he he makes it seem as if like he's eager to kind of have this property out in North Dakota. But there's no indication that he it like came from the woods or he knows anything more that he's doing he's just more optimistic about it would you agree with that like he it's not like he knows how to live on the ranch or the farm he made right. the dumb mistake because maybe he's like an la guy too yeah there really is no exposition as to why they're out there it's not like hey i've been really sad since your mom left or your mom died or i just need to start over there we get none of that we just get whiny teenage daughter which jennifer aniston is a little too old to be playing a teenage daughter in this but yeah she's she's complaining about it it's just like it's gonna be fine but we never get that reason and let's face it leprechaun's not here to give us a ton of backstory and mm -hmm. exposition except for the leprechaun and that's that's all we get and he does have a name looking at the cast you you said i i don't know that he has a name i didn't know this until staring at the cast list right now it's lubden so i don't like that i don't like that at all lubden, the lubden? leprechaun yeah they just take the town dublin and switch a couple consonants i yeah lubden <laughs> i i don't know what's going on there but hmm. He's the leprechaun. It's one of those things where it's no, just like naming the force midichlorians. Don't do it. Don't do that. So. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just as menacing without a name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Right, right. So we have the exposition for why the leprechaun is there. How do you like the inclusion of this uh, four-leaf clover having power over them? I think that may have been invented for this movie, or at least it was new to me. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. I, I like that. You need a way to stop the leprechaun, and it's got to be with some form of magical talisman, enchantment, or even his own gold. So I, I like the four-leaf clover idea. I, I like that you could set it on a crate, and it just acts as a barrier. It's like pouring salt in certain horror franchises. If you pour salt in the room, the demons can't get you. Right. So in his... His case, it's something prevalent in his homeland. This is what protects you. It brings you luck. So yeah, I I like turning that on its head and and using it as a weapon. That was I, I'm not one for small children in movies, but Alex's scene, which was brought out. Do you know why that line, which we cannot utter on the podcast, right, was don't. changed? Yeah. Wait, why it was changed? I don't know what the line initially was. I mean, I know what the line ends up being in the movie. So the line was initially, your luck just ran out. So it's punny. Hmm. But, and and I love everything I'm about to tell you because this is just ridiculous. So the leprechaun finds and eats cereal in the movie. And yes. it was initially Lucky Charms. General Mills gave them full permission. They're like, yeah, go ahead with our cereal. 
But after they saw the finished film, they revoked that permission. No. So that's why we see that goofy parody box. Yeah. That's an obvious spoof. Lucky Strikes and, or whatever. Yeah. And because we're petty and it's this type of movie, the line has changed from your luck just ran out to F you lucky charms. Except, <laughs> except ah. it's, it's a hard F. So yes. Yes, this is this is the type of petty we are bringing to Leprechaun. So we're mm. taking shots at big cereal. <laughs> is it enough to raise my star rating mid-episode? <laughs> I, that, I, I I did notice how it was specifically not Lucky Charms in the cabinet, and yes. um, I I do like that last line though. I I have an idea for how that sort of the, the movie could resolve a little differently. The the thing with the uh, like kind of weaponizing the four-leaf clover uh, or using it just to, to keep him in a box for 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said. Like there's got to be some way, whether it's a talisman or some type of way, the classic line, I've brought it up before, but from Predator, if it bleeds, we can kill it. If you can figure yes. out some way to hurt it, it means you can figure out a way to get rid of it and kill it. And um, Dan O'Grady knew this and had a clover... Apparently, he also grew the clover, but I think that's really fun, and, and it, I, I would have liked that reveal to maybe have come from Dan while he's in the nursing home, as opposed to like us kind of knowing something about it early, uh, but I'm not here to pick the movie apart. I, I'm, I, I just I wanted to mention that, that that clover aspect was fun. I, I remembered one of the things I wanted to bring up about the leprechaun's powers was I know that like in X-Men or other superhero movies, particularly X-Men, though, uh, every, every mutant's mutation is unique, and you only have one. And I think it was in the first Deadpool, no, maybe the second Deadpool movie, where we meet someone who has a chance to like change or see the probabilities of something happening. I believe her name is Domino. Is, mm -hmm. Does that sound right, Pat? Or yes. are you... So if the leprechaun's power is somehow like bending luck, to be like, oh, that's unfortunate that happened. We see Nathan trip over a very small oil drum and land in a bear trap. There is no explanation, or, <laughs> sorry, there's no connection to that being done by the leprechaun. Give us 30 seconds of him, like, shoot a little green energy bolt to make the baseball move three inches so he slips on it into a bear trap that then moves five inches to catch him that would, I think, I'm not going to say elevate the movie, but at least it would like connect some things as to what can the leprechaun actually do. And, and I, think, I think there's other stuff that like you could play around with what makes the leprechaun particularly Irish. Here, this, is, this actually leads to like a criticism I wanted to bring up. Did you feel like, aside from using the word leprechaun, that they did anything to make it seem like more Irish at all. I don't even think he had a good accent. I believe with an hour of research, they could have come up with some Irish phrases or Irish <laughs> sayings or anything aside from an empty bottle of Jameson whiskey that like, I feel like they just kind of missed the mark there. Yeah. You do notice with the O'Grady's Mrs. O'Grady goes out of her way to say, their last name a lot. Like, we're going <laughs> to yeah. emphasize how 
Irish we are. I'm like, yeah, this we we get it. You know, are, are you going to go talk about your potato patch and then go have a drink? Yeah. What like you're trying to reinforce a bunch of stereotypes. We get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the leprechaun, I I don't know. And this is funny because my family is Irish. I don't know how you Irish this up without going into uh, just cheesy like, stereotype. Like way more stereotype. Yeah. So uh, I actually, this is something I wanted to present to you here, which was that I think the only thing we really get from the lines uttered by the leprechaun. There's a couple lines that are pretty fun. A lot of them are like nursery rhyme style. And I, yes. don't, I don't know a nursery rhyme with a leprechaun in it. I know a lot of nursery rhymes. And I know the idea of like a nursery rhyme world where everything's twisted. And uh, like that could be potentially very scary. And I think there have been examples of this. But like, you know... Ring around the rosy. I'm gonna hit you with a go kart and flip your truck. <laughs> like, yes. All right. So now we're focusing on fairy tale lines instead of Irish lines. So I came up with a couple. Tell me what you think about these. Um, I I looked up like some Irish phrases. One of them is, "May the road rise up to meet you." Wouldn't it mm. be fun to see, like, as they're running away, or maybe as the officer's running away, he you know he lets out a. Oh, may the road rise up to meet you. And he, like, he just flicks his finger and, like, a stump or, like, the sidewalk raises just a little bit to make them trip and, like, hit their head. Right? I like it. So that, I do. That's an idea. I've been to Ireland, and I, this is the only one I remember that was actually said was um, people would say, like, what's the crack? What's the crack? Some people say that the American slang, what's cracking, what's crack a lacking, mm -hmm. comes from this. What's the crack? For this kind of genre of leprechaun, maybe this would be like for a later sequel, like, what's the crack? And then like he, you know, hit someone in the butt with a shovel. Like I can definitely see like that's something he would do. I've got some other ones here. Only a stepmother would blame you. Like if he kills someone insignificant, he could be cheesing towards the camera and saying, oh, don't be mad at a leprechaun. Only a stepmother would blame me. Uh, there's some other ones. Uh. Uh, this is just a saying everyone should say more. Christ on a bike. Yes, he could. He could absolutely say that, or have have one of the police officers be Irish and say it while he's yeah. going on the tricycle. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Looks like I'm on me, Todd. He's like I'm on my own, and he is. He's on his own all the time. Um, uh, the, the, look at the stadia. Like there, there's this took me eight minutes to find. Okay. <laughs> yes, but you have the internet. Okay. Okay, absolutely fair. I do have yes. the internet. <laughs> but but it, uh, uh, all these people involved, the only thing they could really do to Leprechaun's lines was just replace the, what, pronoun, article, uh, whatever. Replace my with me. That's all they did. <laughs> That's all they did. They, I feel like they missed an opportunity to have, to sprinkle in a little bit more, magically sprinkle it in. I do feel like this old man came from, that seems more Irish, but he changes it to this old lad, he played one, he played poker on my lung. Like, yeah, yeah he's pretty good. I, I, I like all that. And I'm glad you referenced the bear trap. The bear trap just felt unusually mean and less 
fun. So I, I kind of want that trap. It doesn't fit in with everything else that he's got going on. So I, I think I want something a little more childish, even if it's just like, I don't know, like razor bladed jump rope, something, yeah. I, something kind of evil, but still almost children's theme because we have a lot of goofy things. He's jumping out of refrigerators. Mm. He gets his hand stuck to the burning oven and he's taking a spatula to it while yelling at them. So <laughs> to just have a random bear trap, like surely Jennifer Aniston mentions a bear, but are they really trying to like Chekhov's gun? <laughs> bear yeah, trap? A bear trap. Yeah, like, and then like, yeah, they come in the kitchen, all the shoes are on the table and clean and it, there's, there's yes. a mess on the floor. And Nathan's like, yeah, it could have been a bear come down. Uh, (laughs) sure Nathan um, yeah okay Uh, got it Nathan Uh, and that's like I'm saying we're not actually I don't think we I think that bear trap was set by whoever had the property last like uh, I don't think that was connected to the leprechaun but um, you know he finds a way to capitalize in his position I I, I do like he's when he takes out the officer that little hide and seek game in the woods Finally ending with, uh, you know, being on his shoulders and cracking his neck. That was a good kill. That's a that's a good kill. And the, you accompany that with, oh, officer, what's the crack? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I am fully on board with this. I, I'm fine with this. And you know what, Dustin? I don't know if this is becoming a thing with us, but this is our second movie with a wheelchair chase. <laughs> we we did born on the fourth of july which is a completely different tone of movie but here we are jo- joined once again with a wheelchair yeah. chase <laughs> and this one is indoors whereas the previous one was i think in mexico uh, yes <laughs> oh man yes yes there is a wheelchair fight it's very sad we're laughing but it's because it's a tragic awful awful moment and it's just bottom of the barrel well check check this out Uh, i would say you you said what the imdb rating and what the rotten tomatoes ratings were we know what generally people feel about this movie i would i bet a lot of people would want to rewatch it because it's so much fun whereas this other movie we're referencing is one of those where i think once you watch it once you're kind of fine with putting it on the shelf and leaving the shelf alone for a while oh yeah this is no matter how low these ratings you you see them for whatever website this is still great i'm not going to say it's required watching but if it's on stay tuned in it's fun and this is a movie that it it took a long time to develop mark jones started working on it shortly after critters he loved the idea of these small creatures that were funny in a rural setting, just terrorizing the town. So he saw the Lucky Charms commercial. He saw Critters. Interestingly enough, you referenced Gremlins, and I wasn't thinking about it. But Gremlins is 1984, so surely that's got some influence there too. Gremlins directly influenced Critters. So we've got all this working together, and he's writing a script, and he's trying to get things working. And there are some rewrites. He winds up getting a more funny and less cruel creature but even still it takes some funding it takes him going to bat for jennifer jennifer aniston she was out of nowhere this was his casting he says hey i want 
Jennifer Aniston to do this film. She tried out. He loved her. And so he went to bat for her. It's her first film. Warwick Davis, he was in a slump. He was coming off of Willow. And after Willow, he had no work. And so he was against getting typecast, which is funny because he winds up doing leprechaun movies for mm -hmm. like the next decade. But he he was excited for this character. So they they finally completed shooting in 1991. And then it takes two more years to hit theaters. So this is kind of a labor of love for a one million dollar movie. Yeah. And uh, to to be you have to consider this a win right uh, even though it's in the triple digits in our box office turning a million into eight millions a win and uh you know it was a lot of work for warwick davis to be in the makeup chair for three hours at the beginning of the day and then for 40 minutes at the end of every day it, the, like you said the 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 fight to have aniston be cast and then uh just you can tell that with let's just say 50% more of the budget. There were other things that could have been done that weren't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, some of the CGI for his appearances. Granted, it's the early 90s, mm -hmm. so we still almost have that 80s Tron-type influence. But, yeah, you see that digitized leprechaun-appearing green skeleton-type thing. Yeah, there's there's some stuff that's like, it almost makes you feel like the movie's older than it is. That's not bad, but you, what you can, when you see, like, oh, there's there's... A potential that could not have been hit because the resources weren't there. Would anybody go back in time and say, <laughs> let's change history by giving Leprechaun a $3 million budget instead of $1 million? No, nobody would do that. But <laughs> I think we're happy with what we got. And yeah, so, and, but there, there's also some stuff where it's like maybe schedule of shooting prevented better ideas of how, for instance, for me, I think the climax of the movie. You, you do have some times where I, I think the story was written and it's sort of like, well, how do, how do we get, how do we end this? And I believe there's a, a moment right after Alex, Alex is about to be put his, is about to have his head put into the bear trap by Leprechaun. Yeah. Ozzy breaks a couple of wood slats on the wall and comes in to distract the leprechaun. How awesome would it have been for him to like bust through that wall like Kool-Aid man, by the way, <laughs> is their best friend. Oh yeah. Like how, oh yeah. <laughs> how, that would have been awesome. But like, they already know you have to touch the leprechaun with the four leaf clover. Leprechaun waddles past Jennifer Aniston, who's holding the four leaf clover. And just nobody told her like what to do when Warwick Davis runs by. So she's just kind of standing there holding it, like looking around. It, this isn't like, oh, they wrote, they wrote the scene wrong. It was like, oh, they, they, they almost like maybe felt like rushed or something. There's, there's nothing much going on. The, I think the end could have been um, far better than what it ended with. And we still have a great explosion. Yes, which makes no sense. It makes no sense, <laughs> but it is a great looking explosion. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm watching him. <laughs> pour all this gasoline down a well i'm like this is not how this is going to work I'd, what are you doing sir i don't know i don't know but the, the it looks great before i forget and um i, I just want to bring this up what do you think about uh this little motley crew of nathan ozzy and alex 
as particularly Ozzy and Alex. I really think their relationship stands out in this movie. I'm hard on kids. I'm notoriously hard on kids. But there's something about this, and I don't know, this might actually be punching down at Ozzy, but I like Alex's motivation of, hey, we're going to get this money to fix Ozzy's brain because Ozzy is slow. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they're going to a pawn shop and trading in things, and they're going to do this for a medical procedure to make his buddy smarter. So rather than the obnoxious kid motivation there are some moments like alex gets under the hood and jiggles a cable which isn't even a real cable Mm -hmm. on the truck and all of a sudden it works i'm like you did nothing right so he's supposed to be it's another one of those 80s tropes that carried over into the early 90s where the kids are a whiz kid it's something for no apparent reason so we have that but yeah i like their friendship I I like the detours. As I was writing the plot summary, I'm like it seems like Ozzy and Alex are the main characters here. Right. Uh, Alex, it would almost have been better suited if they don't show what he does under the hood. Just give us 10 seconds of him just like moving his hands around and then like, right. okay, sure. But yeah, I actually find myself annoyed at the, the 80s whiz kid. Uh, I definitely, you know, I, I have my opinion on uh, the stupid little kid in Valentine's Day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> whether he deserves to be in the movie or not or not he, he does not <laughs> but like uh i, I yeah but this particular kid th- their relationship like it doesn't like him being a painter savant in north dakota that's smart and he wants a beer he's acting like kind of like an adult which is like that's the shtick it's pretty pretty, pretty good and it, it stands out as something unique about the movie the connection where they like they find the gold, we can use this gold to fix your brain. They revisit that that conversation later, and it's maybe the sweetest thing in this movie. Maybe one of the sweetest things I've heard, where uh, Tori's getting frustrated. I believe this is very close to the that thing's a leprechaun, and we have to find a way to stop it. Yes, uh, but where like she she's mad at Alex for doing something, and uh, Alex is like, yeah, well, I mean, th- we told. We said we weren't going to tell about the money. And Tori goes like, come on, you know you can't use the money to fix Ozzy's brain. And he looks up at her and says, I know that. But Ozzy doesn't. That's yeah. so sweet. So, like, occasionally you can have a, a kid performance that isn't cringeworthy or makes me dislike the movie. And th- this, one, this one stood out. I, I, really, I really liked that little connection. Um, and uh, Ozzy apparently does something smart at the end i think that was just a line like a throwaway line i don't know why they tried to make it about ozzy being smart at the end and then he gets him with the little finger trick like what whatever like that's it's okay <laughs> it's yeah I'm at, not mad at, at that it. point we've seen that he could be distracted if you just take off your nikes and throw them yep. he's gonna go polish them whatever you know so to your point about the end battle where Jennifer Aniston's sitting there like, what do we do? Yeah, take off your shoe and throw it at him. I, I guess we've seen it work. Yeah, uh, Austin Powers. Who throws a shoe? Well, yes. are you fighting the leprechaun? Yeah. So our director here, like I've said, is Mark Jones. He is responsible for not a whole lot. We've got Leprechaun and riding that success on to Leprechaun 2, <laughs> 1994, which I, I think is good for Warwick Davis, he kind of regretted this role initially, and then, like, 
he likes the movie. I don't want to present that wrong. He says it's one of his favorite movies, but he regretted the negative attention it was getting. And then Jennifer Aniston's career blew up and it became this cult classic. And so he's, he's now happy about it getting ex- exposure. But from 1994, we give uh, Mark Jones another shot and we have Rumpelstiltskin and he goes away for nine years. Mark Jones really wanted to get into TV and he thought Leprechaun would be a good introduction into his TV <laughs> career. He goes on to Quiet Kill. Then there's Triloquist in 2008 and Scorned in 2013. Now, I've seen almost a thousand unique horror movies. I have not seen these. So, you know, any familiarity past the Leprechaun for you here? And no, just that Mark Jones uh, had what was attached to like a, a producer that he liked. One of the producers on this movie. Doc Trippett or or Dave Trippett. Kind of like who the cops named after. It's who the cops named after. It's the very first credit on when the credits roll as the executive in charge of production. And he, he, this guy, to answer your question, no, I'm unfamiliar with anything else that Mark Jones has, has directed, but it was just like his connection with this Trippett guy who seem to be behind all of these projects for fantasy or like ideas that maybe needed something, someone to believe in them. And he's the guy that did it. Uh, he was behind uh, Wishmaster as well. Now that wasn't Mark Jones, great, but, but like, great movie. it's just Fun sort movie. of like this executive producer who just kind of floated around Hollywood for a little bit, kind of gave, maybe he was the voice in the room to let ideas like this out. Otherwise, like maybe it wouldn't have been done. Mark Jones, I think he he didn't just direct; he wrote it too. So it's yes. like this: mm-hmm. the, the this idea needed to come out, and had it come out today, maybe this would be like you know a Netflix original or something. I, I, I'm I'm not sure how it would be different. I don't know if it would be better. I think it needed to come out when it did. And it's like the perfect amount of mid '90s camp that, like, yeah. it's it's. I'm I'm grateful that someone said to Mark Jones, "Do it." Wait, wait what was that? You see, you were watching a commercial for cereal, and you want to make a horn. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Uh, show me. Get back to me in six months, and then it becomes what it became. You've got a you've got a lot of these type of camps towards the end of the '80s, early '90s. You, uh, Child's Play is another one that comes to mind mm-hmm. where Chucky is often funny while he's killing something horribly. You know, the later ones lean into the camp even more. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street does that as well. It goes from dark to a little more campy. Leprechaun, obviously, when we're going to space, a place where only they and Jason have gone. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it is a unique time. Yeah, a unique time. I almost, uh, I actually had that exact same, like, conversation last night with one of my friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do Leprechaun tomorrow, and and I I like to focus on the first of a horror series because it's it's like the initial idea before it becomes what it becomes. You know, I think when when people think about Freddy Krueger nowadays, they think of the comedic Krueger, not mm-hmm. the you know the Dreamweaver. <laughs> they uh and and same same with chucky uh they, they 
they i would bet that you've got a significant percentage of people that if you were to say have you ever seen the movie child's play they might not know what you're talking about and then you're going to say you know the chucky movie oh yeah 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 I, I i feel as if like the first installment of a series sometimes it gets like the idea across best i think my number one movie that does this even though there's a bunch of sequels is uh saw the yes. first saw mm -hmm. uh i think a tour de force great movie everything else afterwards like yeah forgettable to me uh, which is why i liked uh, like i i probably wouldn't have been so eager to watch leprechaun 3 with you <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is completely fair so i guess the final thing i'd like to touch on as far as leprechaun we've talked a lot about the set the locations even some of the the 90s fair and the wardrobes but a lot of horror movies will hide their killer until halfway through this one we get the leprechaun full on pretty much right away do you like that in this type of movie or do you want a little more suspense do you want him running in shadows and do you want a voiceover and maybe not see him puppeteering Mrs. O'Grady. Hmm. I think I think the draw is the creature and the portrayal of it. I also think that this this movie is is feature length, but maybe just a little over ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. And I felt as if it could be maybe just eighty or seventy five. Like I felt like they they stretched some stuff out that didn't need to be. But I, I, I do I do think the screen time with Leprechaun elevates the experience. So um, I, I wouldn't have wanted... And, and, you know, it goes for the same with some of those other franchises I mentioned. Gremlins, Ghoulies, uh, Critters. Like, you, you kind of... Like, seeing them is fun. Uh, other fun, like, horror... Like, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I'm just thinking yes. of, like, stuff you... Like, the reason you're watching this movie is for... The enemy, it's, it's not really about the suspense or the thrill of anticipation. It's like, oh, cool, he's here again. That's like, that's fun. So, yeah, I, I support it with this, but that doesn't mean I um, wholeheartedly support it for all things. I, I really do appreciate when, I mean, there are some movies where you never see the, the, the enemy, uh, truly. Yeah. And that's its own value. But for this, for styles like it, I, I appreciate that, like, oh, we get... It's called Leprechaun. Let's see him. Yeah. I I think because they nailed the makeup, and you talked about it being over three hours of makeup, because they nailed it, they earned that right to show him early. And I'm glad you referenced Killer Clowns from Outer Space because it's it's kind of the same vein. So I I just recently watched that. It's been within the last couple of years. And so I started out with it. And I'm like, okay. There's a clown joke. That's funny. Ha ha. But then they kept coming and they kept having unique little things with mm -hmm. the clowns and turning a balloon animal into something vicious or a pie with something vicious. It's like, you know what? I apparently have an unlimited <laughs> appetite for clown jokes and <laughs> and they've got a pretty good bag of tricks. So, yeah, as, as long as they keep them fresh with leprechaun jokes, I'm good here, too. So, yeah, I... We get tiny cars, we get little tanks, we get pogo sticks, we get limericks, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Bring bring out all the jokes. When Leprechaun hits the truck with the mini tank. 
I paused the movie and cheered. I was so happy, like, because because what you th- when when they show you that at the speed it's going, they didn't shoot it as if this thing is a rocket. They shot right. it as like, oh, this is like a little toy thing. I think he's going to poke the tires and make <laughs> make the air uh, like like have have the tires go flat. I thought he was going to like use that pitchfork to like pry open the doors. No, apparently he hits it so hard that it does a full barrel roll. I I was so happy. Actually, maybe two or three times in this movie, something happened so fun that I paused it just to like laugh it out. It wasn't like a uh, you know making fun of this movie laugh. It was just like that was awesome. Uh, I love I loved it. Now, see, for me, and this may say, say something very bad about my character, that moment for me is when he runs by, and I've missed this in all the other times, he runs by Nathan, and as he's running, chasing Ozzy, he kicks Nathan in the leg, yeah. and he says, how's your leg, as he runs by. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that until the second rewatch this, this time. So, yeah, it, <laughs> little things. Yeah, it's... It's fantastic. And, you know, the soundtrack, $1 million. We've got a generic soundtrack here, occasional ominous strings. We've got some nursery rhymes, but yeah, nothing to write home about. I don't, I think for me, I'm ready to hand out some superlatives for our 20 some percent Rotten Tomato movie today how about you Dustin? yeah there's there's got to be the best and brightest at the bottom of the barrel i know i'm 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 ready for this i actually like i've got everything ready to go all right so your mvp director actor supporting actor who you got i actually struggled with this but i had to settle on warwick davis for his portrayal for the character that he sort of injected into what this originally was going to be and how it ended up his willingness to do the stunts I, I do wish maybe they would have gotten him like a voice coach or something or whatever the voice would be would have sounded more Irish, even if it was more stereotypical, but still thought it was his presence that brought this movie to what it is. So he's my MVP. I couldn't agree more. He's just, he's enthusiastic in this role. His movements, his timing are impeccable and he just seems like he's having a blast. So yeah, I'm going to echo work Davis. Yeah. Best Supporting Actor? Mark Holton as the slow, as the, the dimwit Ozzy. I, I would just say that uh, he committed to what that character was supposed to be. You know, Alex exemplified what his character was supposed to be. It was just also, he's a kid, kind of annoying. Uh, Nathan committed to what, or, um, you know, that, that actor committed to what Nathan was supposed to be, just sort of like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of like male lead protagonist, but I found Ozzy's portrayal great. Uh, so that's kudos to Mark Holton here. Yeah, yeah. He could have gone, I, I kept thinking of Ben Stiller, I think it's Tropic Thunder, of don't do Simple Jack. He could have gone just a very, very bad direction. But yeah, I I like I like Ozzy in this movie. I like him eating the coin. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for me, I actually thought Jennifer Aniston's acting was really rough throughout this movie. But I have to give it to Jennifer Aniston because I don't think this movie gets the attention it does without her. Mm. So, yeah, Jennifer Aniston and Luke 
uh, Y. Thompson of the New York Times, he came back. This was his review. He was disagreeing with his peers. He said, this is the perfect high-concept comedic slasher, and it's still Jennifer Aniston's best film to date. Wow. So she's taken some shots there. <laughs> I don't know that I go that far, but right. know, that's a, we'll catch some Jennifer Aniston catching strays over here. All right. Hidden gem, Dustin. Um, I thought uh, O'Grady's role late in the movie, divulging the method to defeating the leprechaun while he's upside down hanging in the elevator. <laughs> you know, I, I gets ragdolled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the actor's name is Shay Duffin, but like that was a decision and it was really good. <laughs> uh, so like that, that, I mean, it's, it's 45 seconds, but like, it's cool. And in in that moment, like Jennifer Aniston, I like it seems like they put way too much uh, plastic tears on her or whatever. But like that, I thought that was really cool. And um, his early part in the movie, I didn't actually love, but I did like that. So yeah, that's my little hidden gem. I think underappreciated his role mainly because it's the only the end that I like. Yeah, they really didn't make clear in the beginning that he had a stroke. Right. My initial thought was, okay, the leprechaun just straight up killed him from the box with the last bit of power. But Same yeah. here. Yep. So mine is going to go to Vice President Dan Quayle, who receives a special thanks. Uh-huh. The special thanks in the credits is for expediting Warwick Davis's work visa. So That's why. Vice President Dan Quayle, thank you. See, I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I'm like, uh, is this just being cheeky? I also noticed uh, some other family members of uh, that Doc Trippett guy made me think yes. that he's like another driver behind what this was. Behind what this was. So, oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah I, I wondered why Dan Quayle was on there. Eh, I, yeah, I get George, it George Lucas is mentioned as well for helping out Warwick Davis, and even Warwick Davis's wife is sitting with an a no makeup Warwick Davis in that cafe. So there's, there's your other hidden gem. We have the leprechaun himself out of makeup with his wife. So yeah, low budget might as well. Hey, your wife, your wife's on set. You want her to be a a cameo here? Well, speaking of low budget, I I, I think there's less than 15 like named actors on the cast list. And there's very, there's very few scenes where there's really anybody but that diner, like nobody says anything except for the actors, even the waitress. <laughs> she doesn't even say anything. So, yes, yeah, we're we're solely there for stealing Jennifer Aniston's shoes. Yeah. So, recast. Who are you recasting in our one million dollar budget movie, Dustin? Might seem odd considering I, I did think Mark Holton really played Ozzy well, but I'm recasting him with Chris Farley. Oh yes. Oh yes. I think this could, especially once they decided to lean into the comedy a little bit more, you, you can have him play genuine. We've seen it. But if we're going to have him bumble and stumble anywhere, who else do you want doing it but, but him? So now he's like the uncle instead of the slow friend? I, yeah, I, think, he's, I think he's still slow on the pickup. Yeah. I think, he, I think he's still like having... having Instead of David Spade be like his brains, he's got Alex. He's got the little kid as his brain. Right. You know, I he he falls down that uh, that hill when they come up on the truck. If like it's just a pratfall, 
if Chris Farley does that, the the, the <laughs> theater's erupting with laughter. Yeah, see what I mean. That, that, so I think like th- there's an objectively a better option. And the, hey, hey, Mark Holton did a great job. Chris Farley, I think, objectively makes that a funnier role. I love it. I I want Chris Farley in this movie. I want him in a <laughs> Leprechaun movie now. So I went with John Volstadt, who plays Joe. He's the pawn shop gold exchange owner. Yeah. I want him replaced with Danny Trejo. I feel like there's no B-movie that you can't improve with Danny Trejo. And I think an interaction with the Leprechaun would just be much, much better. Wow, that 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 would be fun and completely like blindsided, like with my my, like my thought of that guy. Yeah, I I definitely he does. Trejo needs to be beaten by the leprechaun, <laughs> <laughs> and to have it be like, oh, this this tough looking, uh, you know, gang member guy, is the one who runs the curio toy coin shop. Oh, let me yeah. let me open my drawer that has one book in it, and it's the, my famous coins book. <laughs> and, and it's Danny Trejo that has this book. Yeah, I love it. All right. Best shot in The Leprechaun, Dustin. After Ozzy and Alex find the gold in the truck, they walk back to the farmhouse. And it is an idyllic, beautiful, like, tree among a meadow that almost looks like it belongs in the Shire. Mm. Almost like, how did they... How did they get this so absolutely right? How beautiful it is. And it doesn't really matter to the film at all. It, it's something that like, it's right after that little sweet moment. saying, like, hey, we're going to fix your brain, bud. And they walk back and it's like, okay, things are, I get to those characters, like things are looking up and the shot makes it seem like things are going to be fine for them. They just found a bunch of gold, which we learn from the coin owner. His rough estimate is that this bag of gold is $50,000. I don't know if that's enough to fix your brain, but that's what he says. <laughs> yeah, not, not even in $1993. Yeah. yeah, you've got the Shire, the leprechaun-adjacent ah. Hobbit horror movie. So, yes, yeah, you've got that one evil, mean Hobbit. There's got to be one. It's probably a Baggins. <laughs> right, Sackville Baggins. Yes, absolutely. For me... I am going with the leprechaun emerging from the well. He's horribly deformed after ingesting that clover. Like if you're a kid seeing this movie, that's probably what's burned into your brain the most is this deformed shrieking leprechaun emerging from the depths of hell, which happens to be this well on the property. So that's, that's my horror shot. That's what gets me pumped. Yeah, I agree with you that that it's cool. Like it's kind of like the it, it's not done yet. Here he comes again. Yeah, that's yeah. And and it it elicited the question in me just now was like, were you scared at any time during the movie? No, it, it, that's not it's not the point. But for like a child, that would be like, oh god, oh no. So I, yeah. I yeah, I think that's that's a good choice. Yeah, I hear that a lot with Gremlins, the blender scene and the microwave scene are the things yes. that scared children, whereas I'm like, ha, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's talking to my friends that saw that movie much earlier than I did, like, that that traumatized me. I was scared of my blender for, <laughs> like, the next 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. I think one of the scariest things to adults is the idea that you might drop something into your garbage disposal. 
Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way I'm reaching down there. I hate those. I hate <laughs> those scenes. I hate all of them. Best scene in Leprechaun. It's when uh, Leprechaun gets pulled over by Officer Drippet. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I, I say that with a smile on my face because you, one, he just upgraded from the trike to the truck. Yes. Which is just, uh, who, who else do you want doing that? Like driving a little truck around. Then there's the kind of the irony that like, would a Leprechaun know to pull over uh, for an officer <laughs> of the law? Don't know, he was but he's driving does. on the correct side of the road too. Yeah, uh, uh, and so, but what the feeling you get is, uh, oh no, this officer of the law is in for it. And what you get, it, it's true. Like it's just it it puts you in like an anticipatory phase of like what's going to happen here. And yeah, uh, the cop runs away instead of getting back in his cruiser. He, he's you know the leprechaun does say something weird, which is something like. Uh, it's not nice to make fun of leprechauns, uh, which is the second instance of him saying to someone that it's not nice to do something when the whole idea of a leprechaun is to trick you. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it all comes together in, I mean, there's a lot of fun scenes, but like this one, I was just like, kind of like on the edge of the roller coaster dip. I was like, what's coming? And it's fun. Yes. Leading to our game of deadly hide and seek. Right. Yeah. For me, I think it can be summed up in three words. Pogo, stick, <laughs> death. Pogo, stick, death. Everything about it. The song being changed, just the gleefulness on Warwick Davis's face as he's jumping up and down. Yeah. I, I'm here for it. I want more Pogo, stick, deaths. Yeah. This has to happen. Yeah, yeah. And it fits with the, like, oh, this guy likes toys. I like yes. fun things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the gold collector shop, there happens to be a pogo stick. I'm going to overlook that, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's... I I actually missed the 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 sign on the window, like what it's called. It's called like Joe's Coins Collectibles. Uh, like it's, right. and I was just like, I, why does this guy exist here? Well, it's fun. <laughs> he needed <Yeah>. to die. <laughs> <laughs> His sole purpose is just. You mm-hmm. know, he is cannon fodder for the leprechaun, and that's fine. Best wardrobe or makeup moment? Tough. Um, I think makeup, I mean, I think the, the, the winner has to be, the makeup for leprechaun is incredible, and it took a long time. And, and in fact, uh, Warwick Davis would say that um, he's actually like, a, a, he became close friends every day just talking about like, you know, Things besides the movie, like they spent a lot of time together, so they became friends. But my, I, I want to say, uh, Ken Olant, the actor who played Nathan, his hair is incredible. <laughs> um, so that's my that I had to mention it. He's got great yeah. hair. Yeah, let's revive his career. It's been a solid thirty years. Get this man if he he's probably still has that majestic head of hair. Get this man in some more movies where he can just spout exposition. Yeah, it's if, fun. if anything, give him a Burt Plus commercial or something. Yeah, there we go. Just for men. It's fine. Nice. Yeah, for me, you you hit the makeup, but I'm going to hit the costume. I think everything on the leprechaun, even down to his shoes. I know you didn't have as much love for the shoes. Everything for me is so on point and just burned in my brain from childhood and iconic. 
So if you're going to do a movie about a magical creature, get everything right. So we're not sitting there laughing at a costume or something. Even though he's he's meant to have fun and be laughed at a little bit, the costume's great. So everything about the wardrobe and makeup department with regard to Leprechaun, that's where all the budget went. Yeah. That's what I'm praising. And he looks great. Yeah. So in a movie with twenty-seven, <laughs> 28% Rotten Tomato, critics are killing it. You only get to change one thing, Dustin. How are you improving Leprechaun? It's been hard to not mention this throughout the podcast, but if I feel as if like the, the mimicry thing was awesome and it seemed lifted from Terminator 2. If we're going to lift anything from older movies, I'd love the idea if Alex, the little boy savant, steals a little page out of Kevin McAllister's book and kind of sets up an elaborate trap for the leprechaun, considering this is a thing that American families do with their kids. Let's trap a leprechaun. <laughs> if they could set up like an elaborate trap to get him, maybe the bear trap's involved, maybe an oversized like comedic-looking sledgehammer or something, something to where like there could be a, a, a climax with the, the clover, a trap, and then maybe finally, like, uh, after it jams, Nathan's able to get the shotgun blast off, and it's like a combo. I think that would, I think the end, even though you had that wonderful explosion that made no sense, I think the end needed a little <laughs> something. And so I think that would be pretty fun. If this kid's a whiz kid, let's have him do something more. Okay, all right. I can get behind it. I set a trap for the leprechaun, maybe even, I don't know, give Ozzy some epicac have him throw up the coin and just have it sitting out yeah Who knows? Uh, what oh that's whatever. smart that's good yeah i i'm for this i i'm for home aloneing a leprechaun yes yep. for me i felt like they leaned in a little too much to jennifer aniston being this ritzy city girl without it really going anywhere like a lot of times when you have these lines of hey, I don't kill living things. I don't do this. I don't do that. It leads to a character change where she has to. So there have been a lot of horror movies where someone's very against guns. I just watched the the newest Texas Chainsaw where one of the lead characters was involved in a school shooting. So she had an aversion to guns, but she had to pick one up to save herself in the movie. They, they had all this exposition with Jennifer Aniston and it, amounted to nothing you know that yeah so remove a bunch of the unnecessary stuff like the vegetarian women's enlightenment speech all these weird things that she's just spouting like a checklist for no good reason i don't i don't think she really needs a reason to dislike north dakota she's a young attractive teenager it's obvious why she doesn't want to be in north dakota as our north dakota listening base just vanishes right here but you know she's from the big city we don't need other reasons i guess is what i'm harping on i would say to tune in sometime this year north dakotans to to get your redemption but you know we're never talking about your state again so uh never fargo (laughs) we have our fargo episode Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh yeah, so that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen to that one. No. <laughs> it, it's just you know, teenagers are obnoxious. No, so see we, we brought out. we brought them in with the Fargo episode. 
And now, yes. now we're now you and I are expelling them away. Yes. Uh, now that now that you're addicted, we're going to tell you what we really think about. No. I think what I think what um, I, I agree with you. I, I think what may be happening here is that you have a writer or you have someone who's like, people will like us making fun of this type of person, and that's oh, all yeah. they were doing, and it really didn't matter whether she had that conviction or not. It was just like her saying that she wanted a watercress salad and an Evian water is apparently a joke. Yeah, it absolutely was. I'm just trying to elevate the joke a little bit, give it a reason. Like, she either kills the leprechaun, she has to. Oh, I like the slingshot, though. As, as goofy, early 80s, 90s as that is, I still like a slingshot with a four-leaf clover and gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. Best quote, and I, I actually felt like there's quite a bit here. What do you got? Okay, so uh, I, I was thinking, I, as, as I mentioned to you earlier, like all these like Irish like phrases and quotes and stuff. And uh, see, I seem to remember Leprechaun rhyming more, but maybe that's just from like some of the clips from the other Leprechaun movies. As opposed to do it like, a lot more. Yeah. They lean I, into it more. I think they lean into it more. So um, really, my, my best quote is, I felt as if, the best like leprechaun line wasn't given by leprechaun it was given by alex because it's like a little rhyme he's talking about um like i think ozzy says could you kill a leprechaun says ozzy you can kill anything you just got to know how to do it now give me a 357 (laughs) magnum press it to the little green critter's temple and blam brains and guts and oozing cruddy stuff dripping all down its head the guy is gone with a capital dead (laughs) <laughs> that's such a leprechaun line so like I, I felt like he he kind of won the quote off i i like that yes for for me it's jennifer aniston gets every and i keep calling her jennifer aniston she tori. has a name in this movie it's tori she keeps declaring things incorrectly like it's over it's over and then they ask <laughs> is he dead after he got the shotgun blast she goes yeah he's dead and he just pops up he goes not a chance (laughs) and it's that extra i mean not a chance is great just popping up but the is i i love the tee hee hee yeah (laughs) i I think he follows it up with um i think he follows it up with a deedly deedly d a leprechaun is me it's like yeah we know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she does get it wrong a lot she declared it over at least two times prior to it actually being over. And then they give her that, that line one more time. She's like, it's over. I'm like, I don't believe you. So yeah. It's the same with you. You mentioned the great line where she's like, it's a leprechaun. And there's got to be, a, this <laughs> yep. was, this was the culmination of writing. They actually did circle around because all throughout the movie, she's telling poor Ozzy, it's, it's not a not leprechaun. A leprechaun. Yeah. So they they do actually have some mature writing there where they're like, up, oh, up, oh, wait okay. for it. Now it's a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer seriousness. That thing is a leprechaun and we've got to find a way to stop. I love it, man. I'm tired of these <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It is right up there in that pantheon. All right. For a bonus episode, this has been a lot of fun, but now it is time to give our rating to Leprechaun. We've talked a lot about critics' ratings, but Dustin, how are you going to rate a movie such as this? So uh, I think you can tell I got a lot of enjoyment out of this. Um, 
but there's also a lot that I felt was lacking uh, or, or poorly done. It might have been budget, might have been writing, might have been line delivery. There was stuff that I still feel like the, the value of this movie is sort of understanding that it's not great, like knowing that it's not great and going into it anyway. Right. Uh, th- that's what I believe. And so um, I think I, I want to give this like a, a generous 2.5 stars. I, I think it's like as far as like a like a successful story, I think it it falls a little bit that we, we, we have some people getting hurt. We don't have that many deaths. I don't know. We mentioned a whole bunch of ways to make it better. And each one of these ways is things that I, I really feel like the movie needs. Not like from us, but just somebody needed to make it better when they were making it. And and the things that got it up to a 2.5 is is the things it does well. So th- this is, I, I couldn't give it like a middle of the road ranking of three. But um, every bit of those 2.5 stars, I feel like it earned from not ha- like like maybe it wasn't set up for success and it just kind of you know a fifth round pick becoming an all-star <laughs> that's what this was to me so 2.5 stars it, it's like it's a loving 2.5 stars yeah something can be a bad movie and still enjoyable so that's that's a perfectly appropriate rating for leprechaun i have often said you know I'm not a film critic. I'm not obligated to give a score based on cinematic perfection. A lot of times I give a score based on what makes me happy. So with that having been said, this is a three and a half for me. So please don't go back and look at some cinema masterpieces or other mm-hmm. things that have far more than a million dollar budget and be like, but you gave that movie a three and Leprechaun is three and a half. It's apples to oranges. You can't compare them. This movie is fun for me. I like revisiting it. It's not a cinematic masterpiece, but I can 100% have a great time, turn off my brain, watch Hilarious Carnage. I like these types of movies. So the Critters, the Gremlins, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Leprechaun, these are my happy places. So this is a movie that I was just over the moon to do. I'm, I'm... glad it was a fun movie for you not not putting down the two and a half because that's probably where it should be that may even be generous because there, there's well, yeah. a i'm overlooking a lot to get to my three and a half well and you you just said like you mentioned moons we've talked about pots of gold i'm doing this from the top of my head i didn't write this down but what what do we have in lucky charms hearts stars horseshoes clovers and blue moons pots of gold rainbow and me red balloons Yes. It's a 2.5 star movie, but you know what? It's a four clovers. <laughs> <laughs> I I do feel like they got very lucky that Jennifer Aniston got very very famous very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, she did. You know, sometimes that's what happens. We're not going to do a movie selection for next time cuz this was a bonus Bu-bu-bu-bonus. episode. We hope we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Dustin, thanks for joining me as always. It's fun to talk about any movie that has wheelchair chases. I hope our next one has an exciting one as well. It's becoming a criterion collection of <laughs> like what we must have. 
<laughs> yep. And thank you, all the lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable. We invite you to reach out to us because we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. That really helps us get some visibility, helps other people find our podcast, hopefully enjoy our stupidity as well. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at movie underscore retro. Email us at retromovieroundtable at yahoo.com. And producing and providing this podcast is fun, but it's not always free. So we invite you to support the show at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash retromovieroundtable. Any contribution is really appreciated. goes towards making the show better for you, the listeners. As always, thank you for listening to us. Be good to each other and watch more movies. Dustin? Drink down the wine, cups should not rest. I'll sing you songs, put your ears to the test. Power and wealth are to no avail, let only our drinking prevail. A sober man and the sages are both lost through the ages. But all our brave drinkers never shall die. Even the king couldn't stop my drinking. Let's drink a toast to our ship that's sinking.